Amen. Amen. Go with me to the book of Genesis, chapter number 8. So good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Back in March, the last day of March, March 31st, we were hosting a conference here at our church, a young minister's conference, a national conference called Let's Talk. And while we were there, one of our Missions America home missions pastors from Little Rock, Arkansas, one of my, actually my oldest friend, while we were sitting here in that conference, a tornado went through Little Rock and destroyed the building they were renting. Everything that they had was sucked out of that building. I stood out there with Pastor White while he cried, while one of his ministers tried to locate his family and make sure they were okay. And last night and this morning, I dedicated their brand new building in Jesus' name. God made a way. Amen. And so we are thankful, thankful that God is building that church there. Genesis chapter number 8. Remember, meet and greet immediately following service. All of our guests, we're so thankful that you're here. And we want to spend a little bit of time with you, if you will. As you go through the vestibule, past the restrooms, uh, there's a room back there. And we will be there ready to meet you, have some refreshments, and good, get a chance to spend some time with you. And we're so glad that you're here. Genesis chapter number 8, verse number 20 and 22. And then the next verse, Genesis 9 and 1. If you found it, say amen. And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest. Say that with me, seed time and harvest. Say it again, seed time and harvest. And cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. And God blessed Noah and his sons, and said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth. God said, As long as there's an earth, there's going to be seed time and harvest. A time to sow seed and a time to harvest. And God said it will never stop. And then he blessed man to be fruitful and multiply. I want to preach for a little while tonight, seed time and harvest. Look at somebody next to you and tell them, Pastor's getting ready to preach about seed time and harvest. God, I thank you for this beautiful congregation, for everyone that's gathered here tonight. 
under the sound of my voice and everyone that's joining online. God, I ask you, Lord, let the anointing of the Holy Ghost move in this place. Give us tonight, God, a dispensation of your presence. Oh, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, by the authority of your word and by the power of your name, God, that you would show us your glory and that you would confirm your word with signs following. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost destroy every yoke in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Now lift your voice with that hand clap and let's worship the Lord together. If you believe he's worthy, give him praise. Amen. Your praise right now is knocking on the door of heaven. Amen. I want him to open the door and pour out a blessing tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Go ahead and praise him some more. Amen. Some have praised him all night, but some need to go ahead and get started right now. There's a miracle in this house tonight. In Jesus' name, God bless you. You can be seated. The passage of Scripture that we read came at the end of a time that every Sunday school child has learned about in every Sunday school class throughout time. The story of Noah and the ark. God instructed Noah to build an ark of gopher wood. This ark was to be a refuge from judgment that was coming upon a wicked world. The ark was man's only hope. The ark was the only escape. Though the ark was the only hope of salvation, the world largely rejected the ark and those who didn't reject it mocked it and made fun of its builder. But to Noah and his family, while it was ignored or mocked by the world, to Noah and to his family, the ark was salvation for him. The Bible said in Genesis 7 and 17, and the flood was 40 days upon the earth, and the waters increased. And listen to this, and bear up the ark, and it was lift up above the earth. It was the flood that lifted up the ark. It was the trouble that came on the world that lifted the ark to another level. It was not sunny skies that lifted up the ark. It wasn't green grass and beautiful sun and beautiful clouds that lifted up the ark. It was not the approval of man that lifted up the ark. But the Bible said it was the flood that lifted up the ark. And the ark rose to levels that it never could have risen to if not for the flood that came on the earth. Brothers and sisters, can I tell you tonight that though the earth is in trouble, may I tell you beyond any shadow of a doubt that the same trouble that's coming on the earth is going to lift the church to a higher level than it's ever been at before. Amen. I wish somebody would give God praise right now. 
The things that are happening in this world are not something to be feared by the world. The things that are happening in this world are not something to be feared by the church. The child of God need not wring their hands in fear and dread, but the child of God ought to raise their hand to heaven and say, God, you're taking us to a higher level. God, you're lifting us to a place. I'm going to tell you that this world is looking for a church that can rise above the flood that's happening at schools, at work, in the marketplace, in the halls of government. God needs a church to rise to another level. Amen. Can I just preach to you a little bit? And can I tell you that God doesn't need a bunch of Christians that are shutting down with fear and dread in this hour. But God needs an army that will leave the house of God and go to the world and say we're not coming to be like we've always been. We're not coming to live like we've always lived. I'm going to another level. I wonder if there's anybody here tonight that said, God, I'm ready to go to a higher level. I'm tired. I'm tired. God, lift me up. I wish somebody would praise him right now. I wish somebody would praise God right now. Can I tell you that you are going to be in a fight for your joy? Amen. The enemy would like nothing more than God's people to shut down with anxiety and dread about all the happenings going on in the world. But can I tell you that this is not your time to decrease. This is your time to shine. This is your moment. This is what you were called, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost and anointed for. This is the moment that you've been called to rise up. Can I preach to somebody and can I tell you that this is not the time to be sorrowful and sad. This is a time to rejoice and be glad for this is the day and the hour that God has called us to. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I got a lot of stuff I want to preach, and I'm at the same time trying to cut a bunch of stuff out. You ever watch somebody do sermon surgery right before your eyes? I'm amputating part of this message. Charles Fox Parham was born on June the 4th of 1873 in Muscatine, Iowa. He grew to become a licensed local preacher for the Methodist Episcopal Church, gaining his license in March of 1893. The following June, he was appointed as a pastor of a local Methodist church. On October the 15th of 1900, Parham started Bethel Bible College in Topeka, Kansas. One of my graduate school professors, Dr. Johnston, wrote of Parham's Bible classes and said, quote, as the year closed out, he directed students' attention. This was, this was towards the end of 1900. As the year closed out, he directed the students' attention to the Pentecostal themes found in Acts chapter number 2. 
In particular, he challenged his students to find, quote, what, if any, was the true biblical sign of the baptism of the Holy Ghost? And how could Christians be certain that they had received it? He released them for Christmas break. And over the break, he went to Kansas City to preach at a church there. He returned on New Year's Eve of 1990. I'm sorry, of 1900. I was only off by 90 years. He returned on New Year's Eve of 1900, gathered the students of the school for a New Year's Eve service known as a watch night service. He asked the students for their answers regarding the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And Parham wrote, quote, To my astonishment, they all had the same story, that while there were different things which occurred when the Pentecostal blessing fell, the indisputable proof on each occasion was that they spoke with other tongues. Amen. As they began to gather for their New Year's Eve service, about 115 people gathered in a house converted to a Bible college known as the the building was known as Stone's Folly. Forty students, the rest were other people who came to worship. They gathered for that New Year's Eve service. And Parham said, quote, a mighty spiritual power filled the entire school. At 6.30 p.m., Sister Agnes Osman asked that hands might be laid upon her to receive the Holy Spirit. Then, being further pressed to do it, humbly in the name of Jesus, I laid my hands upon her head and prayed. Now, this next sentence interest me because now we're, we're, I'm always in a hurry. I think, I think Steve Wilson ruined me. He's the most impatient person and, and, and now I think I got some of it. Thank you. Listen to this. This is what Parm said. I laid my hands upon her head and prayed and had scarcely repeated three dozen sentences. Not words, sentences. I thought, man, he's talking about, he thought that was a short prayer. To us now, that's a long prayer. He said, scarcely had repeated three dozen sentences when a glory fell upon her. A halo seemed to surround her head and face, and she began speaking in the Chinese language and was unable to speak English for three days. The Holy Ghost, the modern Pentecostal movement, was born that day in Topeka, Kansas. It spread from there to Houston, Texas, and then to Azusa Street in Los Angeles, and then around the world. Because there is a pattern that shows itself in history, that when people stir themselves up to seek God, God always answers with revival. Can I tell you, there's a shaking going on in the world right now. There's a stirring that's going on in the world. And those who are stirred up, 
Amen. There are those that are stirred up with hatred towards God and anything holy. But in the middle of all that mess, there are people who are getting stirred up with a hunger for God. Oh, yes, there are. Amen. And may I tell you, there is a law in the Bible of sowing and reaping. Galatians 6 and 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Hosea said, sow to yourselves in righteousness and reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. There are some things in our lives that if we're really going to get where we want to get with God, we're going to be willing to break some stuff up. Amen. Don't keep some of that old hard soil in your heart and expect a next level revival. But if you're willing to break some stuff up in your spirit, I promise you God is willing to pour out another level of revival. Oh, God, I feel it coming on me right now. Oh, I wish somebody would say, God, help me. Help me to stir myself up. There's a law of sowing and reaping. Amen. I'm trying to stay on point the best I can. After Noah exited the ark, he built an altar and sacrificed to God. In response to that altar and sacrifice, God set a divine order in Genesis 8:22. While there remaineth, while the earth remaineth, as long as the earth is here, there's going to be seed time and there's going to be harvest. As long as there is an earth, there's going to be a time to plant seed and there's going to be a time for harvest. If a man will cast a seed, then there will certainly be a harvest. If you will plant, there'll be seed time. And if there's seed time, as long as there's an earth, there will be harvest. I've come to prophesy to this church tonight a great end time harvest of souls. After the promise of seed time and harvest, the Bible said that God blessed Noah and said, be fruitful and multiply. Can I tell you that God will always bless people who are willing to cast seed and reap a harvest? Amen. There's fruitfulness that comes upon a church that's willing to sow seed and harvest. God spoke to the altar builder, the ark builder, the worshiper, and he blessed him. There's a blessing of seed time and harvest on Noah and God spoke fruitfulness and multiplication on him. Brothers and sisters, I've come tonight to declare that it is seed time and harvest time. Amos 9 and 13, behold, the days come, saith the Lord. Everybody said the Lord said it. That the plowman shall overtake the reaper, the plowman, the one that breaks up the soil and plants the seed is going to overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes over him that soweth the seed. In other words, there's going to come a time when there's going to be seed and harvest happening all the time. There used to be a day when we had a season where we would sow seed and plant seed and plant seed and then we'd pray and pray and weeks or months later we would see a harvest start to come in. But I've come to 
tell you that for the last several years and last several months, we've been sowing and planting and reaping at the same time. Amen. While some are out sowing seed, there's people getting the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Can I, can I give you a little testimony? I don't want to give away a lot of names, but I do want to give you a little testimony. During our tent revival, we had a visitor that had never been in a Pentecostal church before. And he, he, he has cancer. The doctors thought he would be dead by Christmas. And so he's not from around here. He's from several states away. But he happened to be around, and he came to Tent Revival. He had no idea what was going on. He told, From what I understand, he told his wife on the phone, it looks like chaos, but it's not. Everybody knows what they're doing. It does look like chaos, and it's not. But I may argue that not necessarily everybody knows what they're doing. And the pre Brother Johnson called people forward. If you've got cancer, if anybody has cancer, come forward. And this man, never being in a Pentecostal service, he makes his way to the altar because he's desperate for a miracle. He's desperate to see God touch him. Amen. He came and he got prayed for. I'd like to be able to tell you he got the Holy Ghost, but he didn't. I'd like to be able to tell you that he got emotional and wept and you could tell God, but it didn't happen. But I will tell you this, that about three or four days ago, somebody called me and said he spent the last two days at Duke University and his oncologist, two of his doctors started crying and said, it's a miracle. I've never seen it happen. You're cancer free. I'm just telling you. What I've come to tell you is this is a time for seed time and it's a time for harvest. You can expect great you can expect great things. You should expect great things. I'm expecting great things to happen. Say, say, my God, I feel something here right now. I want you to lift your hands and say, God, I'm expecting miracles. I'm expecting the Holy Ghost to be poured out. I'm expecting people that said, I'll never go to that church. I'll never act like that. I'm expecting to see them in the altar being delivered and set free. Seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. Seed time and harvest. This is our moment. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God, I feel it. Lift your hands right now. I've come to prophesy to somebody, there's a harvest coming your way. You've sowed seeds for years. You've sowed and you've sowed and you've sown and you've sown. And I've come to tell you that God said as long as there's an earth, if you sow, there will be a harvest. You can expect your harvest to come in. You should expect your children to walk that aisle and pray back through and get filled with the Holy Ghost. You should expect it to, you should expect another miracle. I'm expecting, man, I feel a gift of faith in this place right now. Well, I wish somebody would praise him. I wish somebody would praise him with faith right now. I don't see my miracle, but I know it's on the way because you promised seed time and harvest. I wish somebody that's in a struggle, I wish somebody that's in a struggle for a breakthrough would give a breakthrough for praise before it ever comes because what you do is you're sowing seed. All you're doing is sowing seed. And God said there will be seed time and harvest. Oh, yes.
It used to be plow in the spring and reap in the fall, but Amos said, no, that process is not going to happen. There's going to be an acceleration in the end time. The plowman is going to overtake the reaper. At the same time that they're pulling fruit out of the field, they're planting more seed because everything is being accelerated because the times call for more than just waiting and waiting and waiting. And can I tell you, we are, ha- we are running out of time to have long pauses in between. Amen. It's seed time. Everybody shout seed time. And it's harvest time. Amen. You know what I expect? I, spiritually, I expect that somebody could plant a seed tonight, whether in prayer or in worship or a financial offering, whatever it might be, that you could plant a seed. And before, before you come back to this building again, you'll have a harvest already. Anybody believe that? I asked you, does anybody believe that? God said it's going to happen. And Amos said it's going to speed up. I'm expecting a miracle. I'm expecting this week to my phone to ring and people to text and say, Pastor, you said it was going to happen, and it already happened. I already got I feel it. I feel it. Look, if your faith will connect to what I'm preaching, you may get your harvest. I'm trying to shake somebody's faith. I'm trying to stir somebody's faith that's been dormant. Oh, yes, Lord. It's seed time and harvest. Oh, lift your hands all over this place. Amen. Amen. I want everybody that was in our four o'clock class to stand. If you were in the four o'clock class, I want you to stand. I was watching it. I not, let me rephrase that. I was not watching it. I was listening to it while driving at a high rate of speed to get home. Amen. Pastor Yadonichek from Wellston, Ohio, spoke to our, to our ministry class. Man, it was awesome. Man, it was awesome. Do I have a witness of anybody that was there that said it was awesome? Amen. I got a word of prophecy for Brother Yadonichek just a couple of minutes ago. Amen. And I'm telling you that there's a harvest coming to the church in Wellston. There has been seeds that have been sown, and I'm prophesying right now a great harvest is coming, and I wonder if everyone that was in that class would help me pray, and maybe those that weren't, if you'd throw your hand up in the air and begin to say, God, let there be a harvest in Wellston, Ohio. God, let there be a breakthrough in Jesus' name. God, seeds that have been planted, seeds that have been watered. Come on, help me pray right now. Pray like you'd want them to pray if it was your children, if it was your church. Let there be a harvest, God. Seed time and as long as there's an earth. God said there's going to be seed time and harvest. And then he blessed Noah and said, be fruitful and multiply. Oh, yes, Lord. I'm, I'm trying to come to a close here. Amen. I've told you this before. My. My mom was a fantastic cook. My mom could cook almost anything, but every once in a while, she, when, when, when my mom was on her game, there's nobody that could cook like her. But every once in a while, she put a stinker out there. That was one of the worst things. 
She made something one time around Christmas called a three wise man special. The special was all right, yeah. It was special all right. It was the most God-awful stuff I ever ate in my life. And I've eaten some stuff, okay? I've gotten dysentery in parts of the world that you'll never see. I promise you I've eaten some gross stuff. That was worse. The three wise man special was worse than goat liver over an open fire. She used to make goulash, and goulash, I've had it in Hungary, and it's nothing like what she made. Hers is just throw everything in there and hope it turns out. That's sort of what this sermon is. <laughs> just a little bit of everything thrown in, and I hope it turns out. But I'm doing the best I can. A few years ago, I was driving through Topeka, Kansas, where Bethel Bible College was and Agnes Osmond had gotten baptized with the Holy Ghost under the ministry of Charles Parham. While driving through Topeka, I wanted it was almost like a pilgrimage for me. I stopped at the corner of 17th Street and Stone Avenue where once stood Stone's Folly, the home that housed Bethel Bible College. It has long since been torn down. Now there is a Catholic church on the grounds. I walked those grounds and I stood under two giant oak trees. And while I was standing there, praying that God would stir this nation with another wave of revival, I remembered, while standing there, I remembered a picture that I had seen of Charles Parham standing under a, a small oak tree with some students at Bethel Bible College. And I gave that picture to our media team in the back. You see, uh, that that. That, that's quite a house, isn't it? That stone's folly. But if you look, the man leaning with his hand against that tree is Charles Parham, who was the preacher and the headmaster of Bethel Bible College. He was the one that laid his hand on Agnes Osmond's head, and she was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so now, about three or four years ago, it was about four years ago. I think it was right before COVID. I'm standing on this ground, and I'm standing, and, and I'm standing, and there's acorns all around my feet. And I look at that tree, and I'm like, because, and the reason I knew it was an oak tree is because the book that I saw that picture in said that he was standing leaning against an oak tree. So that's, that's the man. That's the tree. And so I was standing there, and, uh, and I thought, I wonder if this is the same tree that they stood under there. And so I opened my Google, and I asked how to check the age of an oak tree. And you measure up three feet, measure the diameter, and multiply it by 3.5. And I remembered, I've got a tape measure in my car. So I go to my car. And I get my tape measure out. And I'm standing there like a whatever. In front of this, this old, this Catholic church. Measuring up. I thought, well, if I'm going to do it, I need to look like I'm supposed to be there. So I had a clipboard too. So I got a clipboard and a pen. And, and I'm acting like I know what I'm doing. And so I go. I go to that tree. And I measure up three foot. 
and I mark, I act like I'm writing something down. And then I measure the diameter of that tree. And I write that number down. And then I get my calculator on my phone and I multiply that number by three and a half. And that tells you how many years that tree is. And so I found that that tree that I was standing under had been planted in the early 1890s. Oh, man, you guys are awesome. Thank you for zooming in on that. And I, and I thought, well, this is the same tree that was standing here on the night that Agnes Osmond was baptized with the Holy Ghost. And it sparked a revival where student after student started getting baptized with the Holy Ghost. And then Charles Parham himself got baptized with the Holy Ghost. And I thought, I am standing under the same tree where these people that when it wasn't popular to have church like we have, and there were no buildings like this one, and there were no churches like this one, and there were no, there were no apostolic Jesus-named churches anywhere around that area, but here were these people that said, God, if you've got it, I want it. If it's for me, I want everything you've got. And God, if we can have it, then we want it here. And Agnes Osmond said, lay your hand on me. I want to get the Holy Ghost. I want to receive the baptism of the Spirit. And I thought, man, it is so cool to be standing under the same tree that they stood under. And so I bent over and I picked up an acorn and I stuck it in my pocket. And I drove off and I came I went and preached in Nebraska, came home, and I went to my office, and I took that acorn out, and I put it in a little plastic bag, a little tiny plastic bag, and I've kept it in my office ever since. And one day, I was sitting at my office about three years ago, three and a half years ago, and I was sitting in my office, and I was holding that acorn in my hand, and, and, and I thought, man, I wish I'd have got more, because I'd like to plant those jokers, and I'd like to grow a Pentecostal tree right here in Bethlehem. A whole grove of them. And I thought, well, I could plant this one. I thought, but if I plant it and it doesn't grow, then I've lost it. And so I just, for three years, I've regretted it. Well, we had Missions America Conference about two or three weeks ago. And Brother Cress, one of our, our friends, he and his wife from Topeka, happened to be here for that conference. And one night, my wife and I and Brother James Drain and Brother and Sister Cress were sitting at the table, and we were talking, and I said, Brother Cress, you know what I did? And I told him this whole story, how I went and got that acorn. And, you know, and I told him, I've always regretted that I didn't get a bunch of them so I could plant some of them. And I said, you know, it's about the time of year for acorns, and I wonder if you wouldn't mind when you go back to Topeka, could you go to Stone Avenue and 17th Street and pick me up some acorns? He said, sure. I wouldn't mind one bit. And then I got home and there was a box. And in that box, and so I've planted, I've got in, my, in, in the back behind my house, I've got, I found a bunch of my wife's empty pot things. And I went and bought a great big bag of dirt. And I, 
and I've been and I, I planted them and I've been watering them. And I texted my wife yesterday and I said, Would you water my acorns? And she told me right before church, she saw this bag on my desk. She said, I completely forgot. I'm sorry. So if they don't grow. You know what this is? Anybody know what this is? It's an oak tree. It's a shade tree. It's all inside there. Life is in the seed. Not only is there an oak tree inside of this, but do you know that in a good mast year that an oak tree gives over 10,000 acorns? So not only is there one tree in here, the next generation is 10,000. If you find, if you got the right seed and you got the right soil and you got the right water and you got the right sun, then you can have a harvest because God said it's established forever. As long as there's an earth, there's going to be seed time and there's going to be harvest. And I'm prophesying that somewhere out there, there's somebody that we're going to reach, and that person is going to be responsible for thousands and thousands coming. There might be somebody in this room right now that's going to be the next great missionary that's going to go and preach the gospel. And from that one seed, there's. I'm just come to tell you that you should not limit, you should not limit yourself to small thinking. You should not limit yourself to small-mindedness. I'm tired of hearing people say, well, I've tried and I've tried and I don't guess it's ever going to happen. You hush that talk around me because I have come with a mentality that God promised seed time and harvest. And if one won't grow, another one will. I'm prophesying revival to somebody's family tonight. I'm prophesying revival to somebody. Somebody that you thought it could never, I, am I preaching to myself only or am I preaching to anybody else that says I feel a seed time. I feel like it's seed time and I feel like it's harvest time. Oh, hallelujah. I feel like it's seed time. I feel like there's something alive that's being planted in Bethlehem Church. I feel like it's seed time. I feel like it's time for somebody to say, this is my moment. This is my hour. This is my day. This is for me. I believe. I believe. I believe. It's my, I believe there's a revival in Piperton. I believe there's revival in Holly Springs. I believe there's revival in Hickory Flat and New Albany. And wherever you're from, Ecru, amen, and Holly Springs. I believe there's revival in the Toyota plant just waiting to happen. I think there's revival in Batesville. Does anybody believe what I'm saying tonight? Does anybody believe what I'm preaching tonight? Does anybody believe that it's seed time and it's harvest time? It's revival time. It's miracle time. It's breakthrough time. Oh, I wish somebody believed it would shout a little bit right now. I wish somebody that believed it for them would say, this is my moment. This is my time. It's seed time. It's heart. 
Oh, anybody, anybody got enough faith to run up here and say, Pastor, I'm claiming my harvest right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, when I put this in your hand, I want you to pray over it. And I want you to believe God that it's, my, it's time. Amen. Help me out. Help me out. Help me out. Amen. Man, I feel, I feel like I'm just unloading food in the middle of a drought somewhere. I'm preaching. There's revival in your school, Molly. You hear me? There's a seed, and there's revival in those young people. There's revival in your family. There's Some of you are getting two or three. I don't care. I, as long as I, I've got them, I'm willing to give them away. You're not going to eat it. Don't put it in your mouth, sweetheart. Amen. Somebody help me out there. I'm, I'm just telling you that what I'm feeling in my Holy Ghost right now is that when you activate your faith for a miracle, for a breakthrough, that in the very next few days that we're going to see a harvest come from a service. Just I wonder if somebody that has a burden for something would lift your voice right now and say, God, I'm claiming my harvest. God, I'm claiming my harvest. Oh, that's right. I want you to lift your voice and say, this is my season. This is my season. This is my hour. This is my time. This is my moment. Brother Austin, how many? Sixty, seventy, or so. Amen. I was just good double checking with brother. We baptized. Amen. We baptized somewhere around 60, 80 people in the last seven or eight weeks. I'm telling you, it's harvest time right now. Sister Bonnie, it's harvest time. All those people that you witnessed to while you were cutting your hair, it's seed time and it's harvest time. It's harvest time. Amen. I believe it. Brother Culver, I believe it in Jesus' name. God's doing a mighty work in you, isn't he? Amen. This is your harvest time. This is the moment that we've been waiting for. This is the moment that we've been waiting for. We don't have time to be on pause anymore. Sammy Joe, you know people I'll never meet. It's time for revival in those folks, isn't it? Amen. I wish you'd lift your hands all over this place. Amen. I should have, I should have more than enough of those acorns for everybody. And so now if they say, hey, y'all were a little nuts Sunday night, you tell them, yes, we were. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know where that bag, I don't know where that bag of acorns went. Oh, it's gone. It's made its way all the way to the back. Hell, we still got plenty, man. Everybody can have one or two. And Brother Hugh, if you know how to grow acorns, you help me out. Because in a couple of years, I'd like to have about, I planted like 20 of them or 30 of them. I'd like to have like 300,000 acorns somewhere. Amen. Hold up. If you've got one of those, hold it up. You're holding one. But it's got the potential for 10,000 in one harvest. You don't know. 
who the person you witness to may not be the next harvest we've got. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. In the last seven weeks, we baptized NFL players and homeless people. And I'm thankful for both of them. Because all I want is a harvest. All I want is to see a harvest. All I want to see is a breakthrough. All I want to see is a miracle. Amen. Brother Johnny, I'm believing with you. I'm agreeing with you for that Holy Ghost outpouring and that baptism in Jesus' name. I'm believing God. Anybody else want one, don't have one? Oh, there's a whole, there's a whole passel of them over there. I don't even know what a passel is. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got, I, I'm, I'm closing now. Somebody say it's about time. I brought these acorns tonight to remind you that when God promises seed time and harvest, you can bank on it. I've come to prophesy that if you'll sow seed, you will reap a harvest. Because God said seed time and harvest as long as there's an earth. And so as long as we've got time, we expect it. I want you to lift your hands to heaven. I'm not going to make some big emotional plea. I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to ask you to do anything special. I just want you to begin to say, God, help me to sow seed and help me to reap a harvest. I want you to say, God, I want you just to talk to God and say, God, I'm expecting a miracle. I'm expecting a breakthrough. I'm expecting the supernatural to happen. God, I'm expecting healings to happen. Come on, can you help me pray right now all over this place? And if you need healing in your body, you don't have, look, it doesn't take a preacher to pray. You just, if, you gotta, if you need healing in your body, reach out to somebody and say, look, you got to help me pray. I need God to heal me. You don't even have to say what it is, but all you got to do is speak the word of faith because God said when you plant the seed, there will be a harvest. If you need a breakthrough, if you need God to, if you got something that's been after you and troubling you and you, wanna, and you want God to move, you just grab somebody and say, I got something I want you to help me pray about, and I'm expecting a miracle. I'm expecting a breakthrough. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, you ought to be baptized tonight. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you ought to throw your hands up and say, God, I want everything that you have for me. I want it all, God. I want it all, God. Oh, Jesus. That's right. Pray one for another. Hallelujah. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 
Amen. One of the goals we have is starting a Spanish service somewhere around the start of the new year. We're planning on starting a Sunday afternoon Spanish service because there's a harvest and we're going we're gonna to plant seed. How many is going to help me pray right now for a great revival among the Spanish-speaking people of our communities? Amen. Amen. It's time. It's seed time and harvest time. It's the moment. How many is going to help me pray that God will open doors and send a harvest of souls? Amen. That my house may be filled. That my house may be filled. Amen. While they're praying about that, if God's put a burden on you, pray about it. But I want to ask somebody else, how many's going to pray for another revival to sweep through our intervention program? Amen. That God's going to send a whole fresh, a whole fresh group through that program. That he's not, they're not just going to get a signature on a piece of paper, but they're going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and delivered and set free. And children are going to get their daddy back. If you have a prodigal in your family, it's away from God that you want to see him come back. I want you to help me pray right now that wherever they are, that God will stir them up. There's a whole army out there that God's getting ready to bring back in Jesus' name. They already know what we believe. All they got to do is be set free and find their purpose again need to find hope in Jesus' name. Oh, that's right. Help me pray. I'm talking about seed time and harvest. This is our moment, church. This is our time. This is our hour. This is the time that God made us for. This is why God put us here. This is our purpose. This is our calling. It's seed time and harvest. It's not for Pentecostal entertainment. It's for seed time and harvest. Oh, God, I plead the blood over our lost loved ones. God, I plead the blood over our lost children, over our lost parents, over our lost siblings, over our friends and family that have walked away. I plead your blood over their mind, over their spirit, over their heart. I'm calling for seed time and harvest, God, just like your word promised. I speak it in Jesus' name. Oh, 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I want you to hold your hand out with your acorn if you got one. The Bible said that the, the man at the gate of the temple reached out his hand expecting to receive. God, I'm reaching out my hand as an act of faith expecting my harvest to come in. God, I'm reaching out my hand expecting a harvest for this church. God, for the lost children that mamas are praying for right now, God, I hold out my hand expecting to receive. I'm expecting a harvest. God, for grandparents that are praying over lost grandchildren right now. God, I'm asking you, Lord, I'm holding out my hand expecting to receive. God, for the finances to finish that building because we can't hold them all here, I'm holding out my hand expecting to receive. God, for miracles for people that have asked you to touch them tonight, I'm holding out my hand by faith because I'm expecting to receive because you said that as long as there's an earth that there's going to be seed time and there's going to be harvest and I believe it. Amen, I believe it. God, I believe it. I believe this week I'm going to get reports of miracles and answered prayers. God, I feel like somebody's going to call and say, Pastor, I prayed about it for years. And God did it just this week. Because seed, a seed time and harvest is on us. If you believe it, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Amen. Now lift your voice with that hand clap. And let's thank God for the promise of his word. Come on, let's lift him up all over the place one more time. Come on, why don't we worship him and praise him for just a moment and thank him for what's about to come. Come on, thank him for what's about to come. Come on, thank him like you know it's coming. Praise him like you know it's coming. Worship him like you know it's coming. What would you do if it was here right now? Come on, what would you do if it was here right now? How would you act if it was here right now, how would you praise if it was here right now? Come on, let's, let's, let's praise Him for it. Let's worship Him for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands one more time. The presence of God is here right now. God, we thank you for the word that's been spoken to us. God, we lift our hands in reception to it. We receive your word, oh God. 
We receive every promise, every prophecy, and we believe it, God. We lift our hands, receiving what you're giving us. We, we lift our hands in expectation that it's coming. We lift our hands, God, knowing that you're about to send it our way in the name of Jesus. And we lift our hands, God, in surrender that you would use our hands to plant seeds and to water those seeds. Come on, do that right now. Lift, lift your hands, God. We surrender our hands to you you, oh God, right now, that you would use our hands to go out and plant and water until we see it come to fruition, because we know it's coming. We know it's coming, so use us right here. Come on, use us, God. Here I am. Send me. Somebody needs to pray that prayer right now. Here I am. Here I am. Send me.